She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Now, Stacy Washington. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the program today. It's Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right. I'm also the co-chair of National Center's Advisory Council Project 21, nationalcenter.org for more on that. And then I want to welcome you into the show. Yes, we have American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk, our syndicators. And we're so glad to be with you today. Uh, really busy morning for me. We had Watchmen on the Wall here in St. Louis today. It's a pastor's briefing, but any community member or influencer or anyone who um, speaks to to groups and individuals can attend. So I registered uh, about a little over a week ago uh, at the suggestion of a fellow from the Family Research Council. And I was truly blessed. I got to hear both Bishop Harry Jackson and Bishop Larry Jackson speak to the group today, as well as others from Family Research Center and uh, just it was a great event, and it's still going on. Um, I'm going to miss a couple of the keynotes, but that's okay because I'd rather be here with you. So <laughs> welcome to the program. Today on the show, we're actually going to have, uh, we're going to move through a lot of different topics like we always do. Uh, so it turns out our totally racist president, President Trump, has actually deported a Nazi. And you might be thinking, oh, I thought they were all dead. Well, most of them are. And there was one left that we know about here in the United States, at least so far. This, I, I don't know that there are tons, just maybe this one. And he's been under a deportation order since 2004. So the president deported him. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to tell you how you're equipped to do the work that God has called you to do and why it's so important that you know that you're equipped and that you act as if you are equipped operating within what God has called you to do. We're also going to have an interview with Brigitte Gabriel. She's the president of actforamerica.org. She's the author of Rise, the Defense of Judeo-Christian Values. And then in hour two, we're going to be talking about American citizens, people and names you know, like John Boehner. I mean, famous folk who used to work in government and in defense and in tech and in other industries that are super important to our national defense how they've been co-opted by China to be advocates for China in Washington, D.C. Now, you might say, well, there are plenty of detractors for China, so what's the big whoop? Well, it's a big whoop because these people are making it easier for China to infiltrate our most important industries, steal intellectual property from us, and soften our posture towards their country. Meanwhile, everywhere you look, all over media, every talking head you can think of is talking about Russia. Russia is a threat. Absolutely. But so is China. Why do we pay no attention to what China is doing and everything to Russia? So I saw a report out today uh, tweeted by Cam Edwards. Good, good friend. He actually is, <laughs> again, back to Facebook. Facebook's going to have a rating system by which they rate your trustworthiness. And then if you're not trustworthy to them, you know, the They'll put your score out for everybody to see. You know where they started this drama? Under demands by Chinese communist officials. And the Chinese actually use the scoring system for their, their actual citizens. So if you have a low trust score in China, you can't buy a plane ticket out of the country. 
you can't get a different job. You have to stay where you are. You can't move jobs. That's the kind of stuff, the kind of totalitarian nonsense that Zuckerberg is bringing here to the United States through Facebook. Uh, We're going to talk about that. So right now, let's dig into, um, I want to, I'm going to go to my discussion about us being equipped, but first I want to hear, this is some audio of the president talking about Democrats and their attacks on law enforcement. And this, I I actually found this on C-SPAN, listening to C-SPAN this morning and they had a bit of it over at, um, I believe it was Free Beacon. And, and this is important because the news media only talks about Donald Trump's tweets. They never talk about the other things he says that are so smart and, and on point and intelligent and really that go to the heart of why he was elected. So it's number one. Last month, the mayor of Portland, Oregon, shamefully ordered local police to stand down, leaving federal law enforcement officers to face an angry mob of violent people. Leading members of the Democrat Party have even launched a campaign to abolish ICE. In other words, they want to abolish America's borders. And when you think about it, I'm working on it all the time. They come in. We're protecting borders of other countries, but we don't protect our own borders. How about that? Spending billions and billions of dollars in other countries, in some cases, places we shouldn't be, to protect them. We don't protect our own border. We condemn these shameful attacks on our great law enforcement. Any politician who puts criminal aliens before American citizens should find a new line of work because it's not going to work. So he's right about that. But he had a little bit more to say. And, and what is so hateful about the media coverage of the president and how it does such a disservice to us as Americans is that when he's talking about things like this, they'd rather he not talk about it because it goes against their narrative that this whole idea that we need to protect our borders is some kind of xenophobic, racist-driven thing. When in reality, there's a lot more to it than just, well, I'm an American and I'm scared of people who aren't Americans. Like, I don't know any Americans who are afraid of other people just because they're not Americans. No one's afraid of anybody. So it's not about fear. It's not about a phobia. It's about the truth, which is we have a lot of crime going on, which, by the way, guess who's coming on the show tomorrow? Ann Coulter. That's right. Ann Coulter's coming on the show tomorrow. (laughs) She has a new book out. And I'm going to be reading the rest of it tonight. I've been digging in and I'm so excited. Yes. Look at the crazy in my eyes, you guys. I'm so excited. All right. um, So let's let's finish up with uh, President Trump saying a blue wave in the midterms means crime and open borders. And any politicians that get up and say that our country was never great. You heard that. I think that's the end of that career. Congressional Democrats have opposed Kate's law, opposed legislation to crack down on MS-13 thugs, and supported deadly sanctuary cities, which are a disaster and which are becoming, on a weekly basis, more and more unpopular with the public. A lot has happened in the last two years. Last month, House Democrats even boycotted a resolution supporting our brave ICE officers and agents. But I will say this, the Republicans were with you all the way, all the way. And we won. We actually, we won. 
This new wave of anti-borders, anti-law enforcement extremism and shameful, dangerous, it's horrible in every way, and it's going to stop. It's going to stop right now. It's going to stop today. We slowed it down. Now we're stopping it. We will never surrender our nation to the forces of anarchy and chaos and crime. We will not allow our communities to be consumed by deadly poisons and violent predators. The poisons are flowing across our border, and we're hitting it from every angle. But we need new laws. We need border laws. We need immigration laws. We need them fast. We're going to get them. Hopefully, the midterms will help toward that end. I think we're going to do very well in the midterms, and this is one of the very big reasons. The fact is, people respect law and order, and they love our law enforcement. And I think we're going to have much more of a red wave than what you're going to see as a phony blue wave. Blue wave means crime. It means open borders. Not good. So you might be wondering, well, okay, I get it, you know, listening to what he's he's talking about there. And I can see why the mainstream media doesn't want to put that on, because that gives people the idea that the, the midterms are still in play. We've been told that we must expect a blue wave and that there's no way anything else is going to happen. Kind of similar to what happened in 2016 when we were told that it was a 97 percent chance that Hillary Clinton would be the president. And Donald Trump had no chance, no reason for even getting up the morning of the election, no reason to have the rallies, no reason to uh, you know, continue to run a campaign, no reason to raise any money or do any kind of get out the vote efforts. He was losing point blank, period, done, you know, the end. While they're giving Omarosa Manigault Newman $24 million in free publicity for her book, which is an unsourced tome of lies, they're ignoring the fact that this not only is the election not over, it hasn't even yet begun. No one has cast their vote, their votes for the the midterm election yet. Not not one person has done that yet. Now, absentee voting will begin in some states, you know, shortly after after all the primaries are done. But as far as the determination of who's going to win or lose in the election, it's not happened yet. And so instead of focusing on that, I want to give you a little bit. It was just a taste of what we were able to do at the marriage and family conference at Tupelo over the weekend. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because it's it's appropriate for us to try to figure amongst ourselves, you know, if, if you're deciding who you're going to vote for, individual candidates, you need to be doing that from the biblical worldview. And that's really all that matters. It's not about the tan factor that you have, be it no tan, somewhat tanned, permanently tanned, extraordinarily tanned and, and you know, delicious. All, all of the different formations and formulations of what we look like on the outside have zero to do with whether or not we believe that the Bible is the word of God, that God has given us each a specific purpose, which we are to carry out while we're here on this earth. And that when we go to the judgment seat, we're going to be judged on these actions, whether or not we carried out what we were told to do. A lot of people who are sitting around asking, they're inquiring of others, what do you think about this? Should I do this? Should I do that? Before you ask, should you do something else? Did you do the last thing God told you to do? Just cycle back in your mind. The last time you prayed for something and you felt like the Lord told you to do X, did you do that? Do that first. Then ask what else do I, should I do this? Should I do that? First, do what God already told you to do. And he's told us to do a number of different things, primarily for this conversation, rendering unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Now, why is that so important? 
Because when we don't vote as Christians, we don't speak out about the truth. When we allow lies to become the norm and just let them flow out amongst us, we're not operating in all that God has for us. And then we are wondering, why does the culture look the way it does? Why am I seeing what I'm seeing on television? Why are so many kids leaving the church? Why are so many adults in the church living these unvictorious lives? Well, it's because we're not following what God has asked us to do. And we have free will. We're free to not do what he's called us to do. But when we do that, we can't be surprised that we're living, you know, it's kind of lackluster. It's not going the way we want it to go. So let's first just understand what God has said to us. He's told us over and over again that we are forgiven, redeemed, and made right with him through what was done on the cross by Jesus. So there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So whatever we were, we are that no longer. We are new creations in Christ, and we can move forward without, well, I used to be this. Well, yeah, you used to be, but that's behind you. It's been separated from you as far as the East is from the West. Now what can you do? Now that you don't have condemnation on your back, now that that voice you hear in your ear telling you you're nothing, you can't do this, you can't do that, now that you know that that's not coming from you, that's not from God, that's the enemy trying to keep you from what God has for you, now you can let that go. Now you can say, well, what am I supposed to do? And for some of you that are listening in this audience, it's really about becoming active where you are. It's not about 100,000 followers on Twitter or a big million plus page on Facebook, that's great. But with the algorithms and all that stuff, you're not reaching those people. I'm not reaching all the followers that I have online. They won't let me. So I have to keep doing what God has called me to do, which is all you have to do. So maybe what it looks like for you is that that lady who's been asking you for the help on that committee at school or that friend who's been saying, I want to get together and pray for our nation once a week, or maybe it's you who's supposed to get the friends together and y'all have lunch and you pray over the nation once a week, you fast once a week, you pray once a week, whatever, that, that's what you need to be doing. So do what God has called you to do because you are equipped to do that work. We'll be back in a minute. Lynn Ingram of Redeem Clean felt God call him to support the American Family Association. I'm a laundryman. I'm the son of a laundryman, too. I love clean clothes. I love the business. I love everything about it. This project was built exclusively to support AFA and AFR. There's no strings attached. Another thing that I would like to see come out of this is that I would like to see other business people feel a calling to support ministries wherever and whatever they do to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. In addition to your regular AFA giving, Redeem Clean Laundry Detergent allows you to increase your support of AFA just by continuing to wash your family's clothes. For clean laundry and support of a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Learn more, find options, and get Redeem Clean products at afastore.net. That's afastore.net. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. Here's a principle you can take to the bank. Doing what is right and being faithful at it does not mean we'll never suffer. 
Some years ago, I went through a season of testing. It was a pretty tough stretch there. This came on the heels of a time of great fruitfulness in my personal life and in our ministry. Then suddenly, I was in the midst of a hard time, a stretch of difficulty. It turned out to be a good reminder that testing and suffering are a normal part of the journey. Let me tell you about a situation in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, beginning in verse 20. Hezekiah was a tremendous king. God used him there in Judah to usher in reform and revival. Great things happened. Listen to these words. And thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was right and what was good and true before the Lord his God. In every work in which he began in the service of the house of God, in law and in commandments, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. But listen to the opening verse in chapter 32. After these acts of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah and besieged the fortified cities and thought to break into them for himself. On the heels of faithful service, here comes incredible adversity. Hezekiah was a godly man. There was nothing he did to deserve this suffering and pain, but it was all of God. In spite of Hezekiah's faithfulness and consistency, Judah was still tested and they suffered. Here's what I want you to remember today. Testing and suffering are not enemies. They may be our allies in producing in us the sweetness of the character of Christ to keep us and to deepen us in our dependence upon Him. Legacy Moment is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Global Ministries. You can download episodes of Stacy on the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or urbanfamilytalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Well, welcome back to the show. Um, I want to first say thanks so much for being here today. It's been fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm still dining out on the conference and everyone that I got a chance to meet and the wonderful time we had. Uh, meeting people and listening to the wonderful speakers. And I'm just looking forward to next year's conference. It's going to be bigger and better and even more impactful, I think, for people who choose to attend. And if you missed out, you can find out more at urbanfamilytalk.com. So right now, it's my pleasure to welcome our first guest in the program today. And I just, you know, some people are just amazing and they do awesome things and, and you wonder how they get all of it done. And our next guest is one of those women, Brigitte Gabriel, president of actforamerica.org. She's the author of a new book, Rise, The Defense of Judeo-Christian Values. Thank you so much for coming on today, Brigitte. Oh, thank you, Stacey. I'm delighted to be with you. You know, I, we've talked before, and I, I, always, I'm all, I always leave our conversations feeling like, whoa, that was like, whoa. And, and so this is no different <laughs> because I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the link on Amazon. I'm like, okay. Wow. So first, why did you write this book and what talk let's talk about it. Let's talk about like how you came to the place where you're like I'm going to write this. Well, you know, watching what's happening in the country, America as we know it is being transformed before our very eyes. The flag that once flew on every street corner is now considered a hate symbol on college campuses. Athletes who used to break out in tears of pride during the national anthem are now kneeling in protest. Patriotism is seen as hateful. Freedom of speech is being eliminated by the tyranny of tolerance. And police are being targeted by criminals while the mainstream media victimizes the killers. I can go on and on, but what we are seeing is America being transformed before our very eyes. 
I wrote thrice as a rallying cry to urge every American who loves this country, who cares about this country, every flag-waving and national anthem-singing, veteran-respecting, police officer-honoring, founding father-cherishing American who loves this country and bleeds red, white, and blue, I wrote it to educate them so we can come together and make a difference for the country. I'm so glad you did. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I think one one thing that gets confused is this idea that all Americans believe this. That it's the, the rhetoric of the left. It's what you see on CNN and MSNBC every night. America is a white supremacist country. Uh, America is full of racists. Anyone who voted for Donald Trump is a racist. America hates uh, foreigners. America hates immigrants. America hates Mexicans. America wants to subjugate other countries and steal their oil. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Meanwhile, good, hardworking Americans every day are going to church and they're going to, do, to you know, integrated churches and they live in integrated neighborhoods and they're pumping gas next to people who are, you know, ethnically, their background is different. But they just see, hey, there's another American. Hey, by the way, you left your, your gas tank door open. Don't forget to pop it closed. Have a great day. That's what we all see. But our news is another story. If you never watch the news, you don't know that we're such a horrible nation. Uh, exactly. And, you know, the news is basically right now a, a generation of brainwashed reporters. Remember, for the last 25 years, our, uh, because of all the money being pumped by the likes of Soros and the leftists and, and, and Islamic foundations from the Middle East, pumping millions of dollars into our universities, uh, uh, brainwashing kids with America is bad, Israel is evil, and everybody else is oppressed. This created a generation of people who resent America, who do not respect America, who do not believe America is exceptional. And those who have been graduating for the last 25 years out of our universities are today the news anchors, the news writers, the news reporters, the policymakers, the foreign policy shapers. Is it any wonder after eight years uh, we had an Obama administration where we actually had not a commander-in-chief but an apologizer-in-chief who went around the world apologizing for America and America's ill. Thank God we have a president who is proud of America right now, sitting at the White House and empowering Americans, Stacey, like you and me and our listeners who love God, who love our country, to say we're proud of who we are. America is a blessed nation. The American people are blessed people. We have an amazing country that we need to stand up and defend. And right now, Stacey, our Judeo-Christian values are under under assault. Our freedoms are under assault. When you look at our freedom of speech, for example, right now, there are people monitoring your social media, my social media, because we are influencers, because we have a voice, because you get on the airwaves every day and you express and you speak the truth, just like what we are doing right now. There are people at Facebook and Twitter and all these organizations literally monitoring people like us with employees dedicated to take any opportunity to shut down every post we post that they do not like, that they would consider as a hate speech. And that's why I wrote the book, because we need Christians, we need people who love this country, we need every person who loves America, no matter what your background, what your color, what your job, what your position, uh, 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 who you are, to come together to save this nation. And so I want to piggyback off of that, because I, I opened the show up by telling, uh, you know, if, if you're Sitting in America today, and especially for those of us who are practicing Christians, 
we are actually equipped for this work. Just just like you are equipped to write books and and speak all over the country and it's work. It's certainly not easy, but you're equipped to do it. And when you operate in your gifts, you bless other people, you educate them, you inform them, and there are millions of us out there who are maybe we're in our children's school district or maybe we're at our workplace and we're equipped to do amazing things as well. We have to be willing to do them. We have to say Okay, I hear what's going on in the news media. I see what they say about America, but I know different. I'm going to do what I'm equipped to do. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think sometimes people mistake. They say, oh, Brigitte Gabriel, you know, author, speaker, but there's nothing that I can do. There's plenty that we all can do. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for preparing this whole introduction for me. And I'm going to start it with one sentence. Activate your faith. Mm. Activate your faith. We in the faith community, and I have a lot of friends who say, oh, Brigitte, I'm praying, I'm praying about what's happening in our country. Well, you know what? Jesus was an activist. He not only prayed to his father, but he was an activist. When Jesus saw evil, he stood up and he fought and he expressed his opinion and he mobilized people and he created followers. And boy, oh boy, I mean, back then, can you imagine what a rebel Jesus was? (laughs) So we're talking about Jesus was an activist, and this is exactly what we need to be. God does not change the world by lightning in the sky. God changes the world by using us as instruments of change. God uses his people as instruments of change. Faith without work is not enough. Faith has got to be coupled with action. Whether we are involved in every level in our community, we can make a difference. And what makes my book Rise uh, different than any other book you're going to get is because in Rise, I not only discuss problems in our country, but at the end of every chapter, no matter what I'm talking about, I have a rise up and act. Three things you can do under 10 minutes from the comfort of your home. You don't even have to stand on a street corner and demonstrate and whatever you want to do. If you want to do that, that's fine. And we have groups that we can connect you with. But everybody can do something. I have chapters in the book that talks about immigration. I have a chapter in the book about Operation Indoctrination, what's happening in our public schools and how we are losing our children. I talk about the lamestream media and Soros. I talk about the business of fake Look at what the Southern Poverty Law Center is doing right now, going after organizing. Hey, even after you guys, mm-hmm. um, we're all in good company. You know, FRC, Act for America, we're all hate groups. Um, But this is why we need to know how to fight back and fight back democratically using everything that we have. So at the end of every chapter, I lay it out so simply, including how to write a letter to the editor and even have samples of letters to the editors. You can literally copy and paste, and with a click, you can send it to your local newspaper. Uh, The book is now on Amazon.com. You can go uh, to Amazon. It's titled Rise in Defense of Judeo-Christian Values and Freedom. Okay, so first off, Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for breaking it down like that. Because in, in, in my opinion, in the information age, in the age of, of uh, you know, news and media and instant messaging and, and, you know, instant activism and phones, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. You're like, there's so much that I can do. I can't do anything. And other times I feel like people are kind of saying, well, but I don't know what I can do. I mean, I see what this person's doing. I see. And it kind of becomes over information and then you get paralyzed. And so what you're saying is keep it simple. You have written a book in the book. Are you lay out the issues? You have the whole chapter. You describe what the problem is. Then at the end, instead of saying, 
you know, just sit here and feel terrible about what I told you. No, look at this. You can write a letter to your editor. Look at this. You can go to your kid's school. You can speak to the administrators. You can know that they work for you. Whatever it is that the issue in the chapter is about, then Brigitte gives you what you can do about it. And I, I have to reiterate what our good guest just said. If you're just now turning into the show, we're speaking with Brigitte Gabriel. She is the uh, author of this new book called Rise, and she's also the head of Act for America, founder and and just overall, um, you know, person in charge of actforamerica.org. This is so important because what you talked about with faith is true. We have to have faith and we have to pray. But then there's time to do something. Like after we're done praying, there's time to act. So can you talk a little bit more about in, in the book where you're talking about like immigration, for instance, what are you hoping to get Americans to understand about this issue? Because it was the key signature issue for President Trump. It's what swept him into the White House, and he's been working so hard trying to fix it. But Congress stands in his way. The Democrats stand in his way. What can we do? Look, our, our nation is changing before our very eyes right now. There are many things we can do regarding immigration. We are a nation of immigrants. We welcome people who want to come here legally and become a part of the American fabric and work hard and, and earn their way up the ladder as high as they want to go. I am an American. I came to this country legally, but when I came here, I paid for my lawyers to do my paperwork. I paid for my airline ticket. I had to study it to Instinct book written by the daughters of the American Revolution about America's history and our Constitution. <laughs> and I had to pass a written exam as well as a verbal exam in English in order for me to become an American. When you go through this process, you understand our country better. You understand what a privilege it is to be a, an American. Right now, we are not enforcing these things anymore. Our country is changing. And this is why we need to stand with President Trump. We need to apply pressure on our elected officials to control immigration, to end the chain migration, to control the visa lottery, to understand who is coming into our country, why they are coming into our country, and those who are truly immigrating here legally and wanting to become a part of our American family, contribute to America, be a part of the American fabric. We welcome them with open arms. We will do everything to help them. But we want to make sure the right people are coming into the country, not people who do not share our values, do not respect our Constitution, do not respect our way of life, if, 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 if they don't like America and what America offers, do not try to change us. Maybe they should consider immigrating somewhere else. Oh, I know. There's so many other countries out there that are more socialist, that are smaller, that don't have as much capitalism, that don't have as much wealth or power or influence. Countries where there's more con command and control structure, where you can't own a gun. There are plenty of countries that are already like that. So if you have an issue, whether it's guns, immigration, the government, the size of our country, how many rich people we have here, how much you know conveniences and how fancy our country is, because honestly, it's just so fancy. I think some people are overwhelmed and that's why they want to tear it down and make it like, you know, a third world pit but it's actually really great so if you don't want to live here if this is too much for you you could just go to a third world pit and have instant gratification or you could go to venezuela and experience socialism you could go to germany and experience not being able to own a gun i mean there's there's a country for whatever you're looking for anywhere you look even if you want to practice islam and only be able to live under sharia there's like 49 countries where you can go do that easily i mean i don't understand why people are so bent on making america into something else 
when there's something else available to them all over. And I, I want to point listeners to your website, actforamerica.org, one million members strong, the nation's largest national security grassroots organization, actforamerica.org. You can sign up to receive the alerts. You can start your own chapter. You can support the movement. So this is this is where all of the Brigitte Gabriel, it all concentrates together here on this website. But what would you say is, is I, I want to just ask you, I guess this is our last question because I'm looking at the time. Brigitte, I don't know if you saw it today, but Facebook is thinking of implementing the same kind of Chinese command and control structure where they have a rating for you online. And you mentioned how Facebook and the other online social media, they monitor us. They, they try to tamp us down because we're on the right. What do you think is going to be the backlash associated with them trying to give every user a trust rating and kind of controlling our content based on that? A huge backlash, a huge backlash, because right now they have become a monopoly. Right now you have 21, 22-year-olds working at Facebook who are deciding whether your voice and my voice should be, uh, uh, if we should have a presence or a voice in our American society. They even want to block our voice from those who follow us on our social mm-hmm. media who want to hear our voice. Uh, this is exactly why we are working with members of Congress right now. Acts for America is working with members of Congress in actually doing the, the, the proper, uh, um, um, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't want to reveal you know, more details, in sure, doing sure. the proper things to make sure that Facebook, all these tech giants, Facebook, Google, and Twitter, that we can have fair representation and our voices will be heard. We do not want monopolies in the United States. Monopolies uh, were never allowed to continue and grow in the United States. And I think social media, especially Facebook right now, has gotten to this point. And I think at this point, Congress needs to intervene to make sure that freedom of speech is protected in the United States, even though it may offend some people, but the truth should be able to get out. And Americans are smart enough to make up their own mind as to what they want to believe how they want to vote and who they want to follow oh you know what i love you girl you're just awesome every single time Thank good you. luck with the book i i already have my stuff i'm mine will be here in two days via amazon so i'm going to be reading the book and talking about it more on the show Good luck with everything. God bless. And thank you for your time today. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you very much. All right. Perfect. So we will be back with more right after this. Stay there. it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. How often have you seen a team jump out to a big lead and then change their offense or defense or just relax a little bit thinking that the game is already won? You'd think they would continue to play the same tough defense that had been successful, persevering until they won. But they don't and they lose. There's always something left to be done right until the very end. The race of faithfulness is different for each person. Your job is to remain faithful and run it until the end, keeping the prize in your sights. The prize for finishing the race and remaining faithful is the crown of righteousness that he will give us when he returns. New York Times bestselling author, Tony Dungy. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. 
It's time to call your senators. We need to tell them to put an end to the liberals' filibuster, switch to a majority vote, and defund Planned Parenthood. Call the Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121 or go to afaaction.net. Senators respond to constituent calls. So call 202-224-3121 and tell your senators to switch to a majority vote and defund Planned Parenthood. Your call will make a difference. Chris Brooks. We cannot underestimate the responsibility of evangelism. That is why shows like this, Equipped, which is committed to equipping you every day to live, share, and defend your faith, are extremely important because anyone who does not confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is outside of God's saving grace. Equipped. Weekdays at noon central on Urban Family Talk. From America's election headquarters. In an era of hyper-political partisanship, independent candidates from around the country gathered in Denver this past weekend for a summit held by Unite America, an organization endorsing around two dozen independent candidates in state and national elections. The organization is focusing on candidates it finds viable and backing them with money and support. Executive Director Nick Troiano says they especially want independents to win seats in closely divided state legislatures. Just a small handful of independents in closely divided legislatures can make a really big difference because they can deny both parties an outright majority and they can use their incredible leverage in controlling the balance of power to force greater cooperation and compromise. Uh, between both sides. A recent Gallup poll shows that more and more Americans are opting out of both the Republican and Democratic parties. In Denver, Alicia Acuna, Fox News. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Thank you so much for being here today. I am just excited, and I want to encourage you. Uh, you can weigh in on our interview with Brigitte Gabriel, um, actforamerica.org, or anything else that we've been discussing so far this program. You can call into the show at 866-963-2037. It's 866-963-2037. And uh, we can chat about whatever it is that you'd like. It's the end of the first hour, and we like to do that in our last segment is take calls if you'd like to do that. Um, what I'm interested in getting to is, I mean, she, she was talking so fast and covering information so quickly. It's like we, we, it was like a fire hose. We got it all and it was fantastic. Uh, And I love her websites, very interactive, very easy to navigate and kind of pick something that you want to go into. Um, I, I think that story about Facebook and what they've been up to, uh, what they've been, this idea that they're going to kind of, uh, give you a rating, if you will, it coincides with another story that's out today about another organization that's kind of stood itself up and is trying to take the role of rating news organizations. So it's, it's a news organization rating company, and it also will rate bloggers. It will rate blogs that are conservative leaning and, you know, according to them, everyone, liberal leaning, et cetera, et cetera. And what they're doing now is they're taking big sites and they're poking around and they're looking for certain things like they have a a list of things that you have to do if you want a good rating from for them, which is interesting because they're making the list of things that you need to do 
to get a good rating from them like you asked. Like, who asked you to rate me? I don't, I'm like that type of thing. They're called NewsGuardTech.com. And what they're doing is they're kind of, they're saying any good website would have a list of um, who works there. Any good website would say what their mission is. Any good website would say who's funding them. Um, any good website would say, um, you know, who who's how long they've been fact checking themselves who's the fact checker for your website which is a little weird because if you're putting all the content together yourself then how do you have anybody who's fact checking you uh i think fact checker fact checkers are called editors so whoever's editing your website would be the one who would possibly be um you know fact checking quote unquote it's interesting to me that this is going on right now because it's right before the election. So it wouldn't surprise me if this site, uh, let me give it to you again, newsguardtech.com. It wouldn't surprise me if newsguardtech.com had some connection or ties to Facebook. And that when you have a good rating from them, Facebook will promote your information. And if you have a bad rating, then your information will just go out into the ether. That's how it feels sometimes when I'm on my, and I have an active Facebook page where I post every day, uh, but I have much less engagement on my page than I have a number of people who like it. And the reason I know it's not the actual people who've liked it, who've just unplugged is that they sometimes I'll get a message from someone who'll say, oh, I haven't seen you in ages. You know, um, I haven't seen a post from you in two years, one lady said, and I was like, I, I messaged her back. I'm like, well, what, what happened? And she said, I don't know. I just hadn't seen a post from you. I thought maybe you'd stopped. And she said, and then today I saw a post from you. I clicked on it and realized you've been here the whole time. I haven't unliked your page. Well, if you don't have click notification see first, and you can only have so many of those that you actually have selected to see first. I've tried it. I've tried to put all of the websites I like to see, select them and say see first. There's a certain number you can get to before they stop doing that. So Facebook, it's like you every time you figure out how it works, they change it a little bit. Um, all right, so my call screen software is down again, um, and I tried to open it up a couple times while I'm talking here, and it's not working. Let's go to Mark in Ohio. Mark, thank you so much for calling into the show today. Hello? Hi. Hi, I can barely hear you. It was like that last week when I called in, too. I can barely hear you. I apologize ah. I talked over you. Okay, sorry. Well, go ahead. What's your comment? Um, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, America's great because America is good. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alexis de Tocqueville, a French um, researcher, he uh, came up with that back in the 1800s. But he also said it wasn't until he went into uh, the churches and heard America's pulpits aflame with righteousness. That, that was the secret to America being good, was good preaching solid teaching, and I really think it's way past time for Christians to raise their voice and demand, and I do mean demand, that their pastors get back to the Word of God and quit preaching this wimpy Christianity because, you know, Josh McDowell and others have proven we've got a huge problem with pornography and stuff like that going on in the Church. Just because Trump won doesn't mean we're going to get holier. And uh, I really amen. believe that more important than the politics in this country, and I am concerned about politics, and I think Trump's doing a great job, but I think Christians need to demand that their pastors 
start getting back to the Word of God. And even if pastors won't do that, that they are asked to step down, because we've got a huge problem in this country with pastors that are just ego-driven, nickels and nose-counting people, and they don't preach the Word, and they're creating a dumbed-down body of Christ in this country. Mark, thank you so much for that comment. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to let you go. Thank you for calling the show today and, and, and last week. And thank you for that fantastic comment. So let me just append what Mark has said so eloquently by pointing out that he didn't say, or leave the church. He said, demand that pastors preach the word of God and Jesus Christ crucified or they step down. In other words, the body does not leave. You don't, you don't scatter the church because you have a pastor who's not feeding the sheep. You actually do the opposite. You say, sir, you're not able to, to, you're not able to, to tend this flock. We need new leadership. That is a radical concept for a lot of Christians who are used to just saying, you know, I'm not getting fed here, and they leave. And you see that happening sometimes with churches where they'll have lot, the seats will be packed, and then the next year, the seats aren't so packed. And within two years, you see it looks like there's about half as many people. Well, people are leaving because either they want their ears tickled and it's not happening, or they want some meat. They want red meat. They're tired of milk. They're not baby Christians anymore, and they're not getting that. And so I just encourage you, when Mark didn't call here by accident today, you're not listening to this show on your way to or from or in your earbuds or whatever you're doing. It's not, it's not an accident. You just heard him say that. If you're in a church where you're not sure where the pastor stands on whether or not a human life starts at conception. He never preaches about the genocide that's going on in America that is abortion on demand. If your pastor never talks about the, it's an absolute sin what is going on in this country. It's a travesty. It is an absolute atrocity what is going on in this country with children who are confused and have, they need counseling. They're being allowed to take drugs to alter their chemical makeup and their bodies are being destroyed and mutilated on the altar of this sexual perversion known as transgenderism. This this is the battleground. And so we have to be willing to fight. If we're not willing to fight, it means you're willing to be told what to do. There are only two camps. There's the camp where you just say, what what would you like me to do? And then you do it no matter what it is, no matter if it has to do with your kids or your home life or your family life. And then the other camp is you're going to control yourself. You're going to exercise your rights, God-given rights under the Constitution. And if someone tells you to do something that's wrong, you're going to stand up and say no. And also you're no longer in charge because you are wrong. Your, Your mental processes are not functioning properly. You don't have all of your synapses firing. You got to go. And that's what Mark is talking about. We have to really... We have to get fired up. And I'm not talking about fired up like Maxine Waters recommended that Democrats run people out of public. Mm -mm. No, that's not that's not American. That's not what we do here. I'm talking about getting fired up in a way that you've been activated. You know what God's word says. You know what you're supposed to be listening to in the and from from your leader in the pulpit. And if you're not hearing that, then you start questioning whether or not that person should be there leading the flock, not whether or not the flock should be there. That's that's the wrong way. We We've been taught to just, well, just go somewhere else. And there are times when you just have to get up and go. You know, things are being taught improperly and everybody else is in sync with it. And you know, that's not the word of God. You get up and go. But if it's the congregation not being fed, if people aren't being led in a proper way, that's not for the congregation to leave. That's for that pastor to go. And it's funny. 
that um, he mentioned that right now because this morning I was in attendance at the Watchman on the Wall for Family Research Council. And they had a fantastic program today in St. Louis. They have a culture impact team resource manual for pastors and congregations to implement these culture impact teams, how to establish a ministry at your church. This is for impacting the culture because right now it's as if the church is disconnected from the culture. It's as if the church operates in its own little galaxy and then everything else is somewhere else. We're, we're not of the world, but we definitely live in this space. We should be impacting the culture for Christ, not the other way around with all of our children leaving the church, feeling like it's not relevant anymore. It's relevant. So there, there were a number of speakers this morning. It was one of those programs where I just sat there. I was like, oh, here comes somebody else. Great. Here comes somebody else. Great. So in this cultural culture impact team manual from the Family Research Council, they have an introduction, casting the vision, getting started, and it it helps you to create a culture impact team in your local church, inform, equip, alert, and mobilize, and then the pastor generates the, the team or the membership generates the team. You develop a statement of mission and purpose. You organize the members. You develop a budget. You set up a culture impact center. You begin strategy meetings, and it has all of that laid out for you. So it's not, this isn't a case of, oh, you know, do something for the culture. All right, thanks for coming. No, this is the actual manual, like literally a manual to tell you what to do. And then you take it and you implement it and then watch God work. You pray over your work, God God brings the increase. So when we're talking about that, I want to give you a couple of verses here in these last few minutes of this first hour. And in hour two, when we come back, we're going to be listening to some audio from Tucker Carlson talking about U.S. citizens advocating for China. This is a huge, big issue for us because the media refuses to talk about anything but Russia. But we have to be informed. So we're going to get into that here on this show. Um, Let's first Zephaniah 317. The Lord, your God is in your midst. He is a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice, rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. So when you read that. We're talking about the God who created everything that you see, the God of the universe, the God who literally spoke the universe into being, a universe that is so large, it, it is difficult for us as human beings to fathom all of it in its, complete, in its completeness. He's intimately interested in you and your everyday life, your troubles, your sorrows, your highs, your lows, your joys, everything. And that he rejoices over you with gladness when you're obedient. He quiets you with his love when you have in anything that's going on that's, that's a difficult thing for you. And he exults over you with loud singing. The kind, kind of the way we do with our children. I mean, have you ever had a toddler, you know, finally get their potty training right for a whole day in a row and you're just running around with that toddler singing and, and rejoicing and y'all are doing the happy dance? That's how God is about us. But it's so much more than that because we can only comprehend our type of love towards our children, which to me, it's, it's almost the most complete kind of love that you can have when you love a child, that your young child that you love. It's such an all-encompassing, complete type of love. But God has something even greater than that for us. And then in Proverbs 16.3, it says, commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. So when we say, Lord, I want to start this culture impact team. I want to, I want to start this at my church or, you know, I, I want to bring this to my pastor. I want to, 
I want to get together with my Bible study group from church and I want to go over this manual. I want to see if anybody else feels the vision. And then, Lord, I want to take this to the pastor and say, here are the workers. Here's the toolkit. Can you look at it and let us know if this is something we can do at church? And, I, you know, Lord, can you bless that? Watch God work. Watch God work. When you want to impact the culture for, for, for the kingdom, oh, you better believe God's going to put some heat up underneath that. And that's what we need right now. It's one thing to come on the radio and talk about this for two hours a day. It's another thing to read for hours and hours and to kind of immerse myself in this is what's happening, this is what's happening. But if you're never given anything that you can actually do, what are we doing here? So this is the reason why I feel I, I'm on this radio right now talking to you. It's fantastic to speak to you on the phone and to take your calls, to see the comments on Facebook and YouTube and everywhere else. It's wonderful. And I want to keep doing that. But we have to be workers, rightly dividing the word of truth and going out into this world, into this world that there, this is a world that is hungry and starving to death. And we Christians, we have the keys and the map to the buffet of all ages. We have to tell the hungry, starving people, hey, it's over here. And then point them in the right direction, walk with them. Some of them will need to be carried on your back to the, to the buffet. They're that week. They get them in their first plate and then say, now it's your choice. If you want to keep eating here, you know what you got to do. You got to come to the Lord. He's already laid it out for us. He sent his son to die on the cross. And if you don't know him, all you have to do is say, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he died on the cross to save me from my sins and rose again on the third day and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Holy Spirit, come, please. Save me, make me whole and clean and right with you, and then find a church, get baptized, and welcome to the buffet. That's what's required. So what are we going to do? I'll be back with Hour 2 right after these messages. <laughs> 